Praise the Lord. Or as we say in Africa, Buana Isifiwe. No, that's what I say. I say Buana Isifiwe and you say amen because Buana Isifiwe means praise the Lord and then the congregation shouts back amen. So let's try it again. Let's make, the, let's make Living Spring Africa today. Buana Isifiwe. You're good. I feel at home. I also remember a pastor who came to visit uh, Africa. He was working with me in some of the villages. Uh, we were moving around. And he couldn't, for the life of him, remember Swahili. And when it came to the Buana Isifiwe, he struggled and he struggled and he struggled until <laughs> we, he knew he had a meeting coming up. And he knew that he should try and say that, but just before the meeting, he says, Don, I think I got it. I said, what do you mean? He said, I think I've got something. I can't remember the Swahili, but how about this? Bunnies on the freeway. <laughs> I said, it's, it's, it may be close enough. And so for sure, when he stood up in front of the church, he said, but it's on the freeway. And everybody said, Amen. And God knew what he meant. <laughs> I am so glad to be with you. How many of you were here in 1989 when uh, this church first sent me to Africa? Anybody? There is a look at these hands. That's 29 years ago. Imagine. You see, I was part of the staff, I was part of this church family uh, as a youth pastor back in the mid-80s. I was dark-haired and single. In 1989, I raised my hand during an elders meeting, which during that meeting it included a discussion about Africa, and you sent me on that brief one-month trip, short-term trip, to explore the opportunities. It's 29 years later, and I'm still exploring the opportunities. And you are still praying and giving to see lives empowered. Thanks a lot. In fact, this is the week that Pastor John is launching into his new sermon series called Thanks a Lot. So I have the privilege to launch into that. And this morning, I want us to look at a very wonderful scripture that talks about thanks and the power of it in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I, I hope this wasn't your text for next week, John. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 9, look here in verse 10. In the New Living Translation, it says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you. Are you taking notes? Let me circle that. You will be enriched in every way so that... If you, if you have your Bibles, circle that. You will be enriched in every way. Then circle so that, so that you can always be generous. 
You see, Tom Sign is an author who wrote The Mustard Seed Conspiracy, and there's one statement in that book that has really disturbed me for a long time. So may I also disturb you as well. Because he said, because of Christ and what he has done, we see this, even this song. If you gladly choose surrender, so will I. Tom Sign said, it's no longer a matter of how much of mine do I have to give up, but how much of God's should I keep? When it comes to our resources and who we are and all that we have and all that we are, it's no longer a matter of how much of mine do I have to give up, right? But how much of God's should I keep? And the verse goes on because it says, and when we take your gifts, and this is the New Living Translation, it says, and when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Verse 13, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift that's too wonderful for words. Isn't that beautiful? The NIV says, 2 Corinthians 9, 11, like this. It says, you will be enriched, enriched again, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Isn't that amazing? God's transforming love moves in response to our actions. His transforming love, it moves in response to what we do and how we give. And when we give generously or have generous hearts, let's say, you don't have to be wealthy to give generously. Generosity is not a matter of quantity. It's a matter of heart and willingness and surrender. And when we do, it results in thanksgiving. Results in? Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. New Living Translation, verse 11, God will give you enough so that you can always give to others. Then many will give thanks to God for sending gifts through us. Many will give thanks to God. Last time I was with you, there were two young people from Africa that were with me. Do you remember just over a year ago, Vincent and Gladys? Two of the orphans that have grown up in the children's home were here on this platform, together with Veronica, our lead counselor. And I think as they poured out their hearts, the struggle they had as orphans, and then the reconciling power of God to bring them into a home. And many of you have been a part of that by helping sponsor a child. They've said, thanks a lot. Your generosity has resulted in thanksgiving that's changed the course of their life. This morning, 
I'm going to show you a brief video, but before they put up that first video, I want to help you understand why it's so important. You see, these children, and let me, let me just back up slightly and say that as I've worked in Africa, I've realized that giving handouts to the poor is not very effective. Because as I give, I, and I did it, my goodness, that first time in 89, this lady couldn't feed her baby. This baby was sick. She needed some bread. So I gave her a dollar. And I felt generous. I felt good. It feels good to give. Don't you agree? And in that situation, I thought, I'm rescuing this lady. That felt really good. Until she came back the next day and said, thank you for that dollar, asante sana, which means thanks a lot. Asante sana, lakini ni mekula mkati, except I finished the bread. Unawesa kusaidia tena. Unawesa kusaidia tena. And she didn't have a crack in her voice because she was dramatic. She meant it. Can you help me one more time? What would you do? So I did. And she came back the third day. And I realized it doesn't seem like I'm helping this woman. I'm actually creating a problem. Does, does that make sense? She's becoming dependent on me, and that's where my mind shift began to change. Even during that very short trip, I began to realize we, we need a way to provide skills. And friends, that what, that's what happened. Five years later, then this church basically gave me the library that's behind the baptistry as the international office of Empowering Lives International. And you've supported ever, ever since. It started with my wife and I, who used to be on this staff. I stole her. I mean, I married her. And you sent the two of us to Africa full time in 96. And we're forever grateful. We've been empowering people since then, giving them skills and abilities rather than hands up, handouts. And along that journey of training people so they can support themselves, we saw orphans countless orphans, and we started two children's homes for many reasons, but one of them is Leah. You see, Leah had a mom and had a sister. She didn't know who her dad was. The mom wasn't married, though she had these two children, and the mom was suffering till she reached out to that boyfriend and said, you, I need your help. I need you to, to do something to help support this girl, Leah, she's your girl. And he said, no, she's not. She said, yes, she is. Please help. And he said, no, she's not my child. And I won't help you. And somehow that clever mom got a DNA sample and took it and discovered now, had some evidence. And she called him and said, I want you to come. I'll show you this evidence. And that's the night. The night, the, the next morning he was gonna, supposed to come, but that night he took gasoline and poured it around her grass-thatched hut and set it on fire intending to burn them all. The mom and the baby sister didn't make it. Leah somehow made it through the flames. She still has the scars, the burns up to today. And when she came into the children's home, 
She often would shed some tears during the day quietly, and she would toss and turn at night. But friends, everything is different now. And you're going to see her in this little video. But as you watch this video, and I, I just took it, please, this is not a professional thing. I used my phone at the children's home because they were singing. And as I watched it in reflection, it began to minister to me about the power of God's love moving through your actions to create thanks. You'll see these mostly girls. They're all singing a song. It's an American worship song. I'd never heard it before. But it says, I know who God says I am. And the very last girl, you'll see her in a little navy blue uh, sweater. That's Leah, the one in the, in the blue sweater. And you'll see her, along with these other girls, singing, I know who I am. I know who I am. I am a wonder. It doesn't matter what you see. I am for his glory. Anyway, roll that video. Now here comes the song. There's Leah. That's Leah on the left. Everybody shout now. Praise God. That's what we're singing this morning, even in our worship. The other song, wasn't it? I am I'm no longer a, what? a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I know who I am. And what a privilege it is that we get to be that light in this world to see lives transformed, and the result is thanksgiving to God. It doesn't end with our gift. The ultimate end of who we are in our generosity is, is this overflowing rush of thanksgiving to God. Last time... You've all, uh, I've shared before, and many of you receive our newsletter. I hope that you do. 
I, I have some of our recent issues. It's out there on the table, so if you want to grab one of those, if you're not on a mailing list, just get on our mailing list. <laughs> you have one of these, and I want to talk about these. Don't look at this right now, but what I want to talk about is what God opened up for us five years ago. You see, we've been training people for almost 30 years, and it started with a small group, and it's ended up being thousands. But what God did five years ago, we didn't expect. You see, there's an unreached people group. No, they, they have the Bible available to them. They don't live in the Middle East. They live in, uh, throughout Kenya, but they were unreached. They were the illegal brewers of alcohol. These are women who, because of poverty, don't know what else to do. They don't have support from the husband, or they don't have a husband. But they have to feed their kids. And there's a, a, a local recipe. They can make this addictive drink, which is very dangerous. So dangerous, it's outlawed. People can die from drinking it. And I've shared with you how we trained 47. When those 47, five years ago, went back, the chief called us. He said, I've got 53 more who want that same change. And in that first year, we trained 250 brewers. And over 90% have still to today never gone back to brewing and have also given their lives to Jesus Christ. But that was five years ago, 250. And I'm telling you, we were dancing. We couldn't believe it. We thought, God, this 250 changed lives because on average, these women have around seven children each. So 250 times seven is a lot. <laughs> and those children now will not grow up in a home that is a brewing den, and so it, it literally changes the course of their lives. But what God has done is beyond what we could have expected because God raised up leaders among those women. You know, you would have thought we would have thought about that. But all of a sudden, we're seeing these women who are leading others. We're going, hey, we should probably mentor them. So we started a mentoring program in Paris and Ruth and Everlyn and Gladys and Grace. And there's seven of them. Seven women who are key leaders. And among the women who've been trained, we divided up all the villages. And now those women are now mentoring the key leaders, and there's 60 of those underneath them who are reaching the others underneath them. And I may have you guess how many we've reached now, but I won't, because <laughs> you'll be wrong. It's over 1,200 women now, 1,200 women. And you multiply that out again by the children and the husbands or the brothers and sisters that live in the home. And Paris was a key leader. She was one of those first women. And remember, Paris led Ruth to Jesus. And Ruth was the most notorious in a village five miles away. And then Ruth immediately led 13 others to Jesus. And then two and a half years ago, Ruth was the elected elder of her community. The greatest criminal in the past is now one of the greatest leaders. And a year after she was elected elder, the government said, you are doing such a great job. We want to make you supervising elder over 27 other men. 
And I visited Ruth just a couple months ago, and I was at her house, and there she was building her bakery. She's making donuts <laughs> and growing potatoes and growing kale and ministering to hundreds and hundreds of women and also having influence as people, they knew Ruth, and they still know Ruth. And even people now are saying, it's a miracle. She's now influencing over 8,000 people. This is a multiplication, friends. We didn't plan on this, but like Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I've got for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, we have ideas, but God has a plan. And God began to use Ruth in a powerful way. But another thing that happened is in the village of Paris, there were 30 women who had come to Christ and come out of alcohol. And simultaneously, there was a young pastor who had come out of Bible school, and he was trying to plant a church, but he was struggling. And then he heard that there were 30 women who had come to Christ and out of alcohol somewhere in his village. So he contacted the chief. The chief said, yes, it's true. Call Eli. He called us at our training center. We met with him, and we agreed that he was a man of God. And we said, yes, we will help coordinate you with these 30 reformed brewers. And so we had a meeting with that pastor. And you should have been there. There was an energy and an excitement and an agreement together. Let's start a church. And you're going to see that in this second video that's going to be showing here in just a moment. The church now is just under three years old. It's over 300 people. Over 100 of them are children. These are children of the Reformed Brewers and other from the community the pastor also has insight because what he has done is he's divided his church congregation into seven mini churches. And they call them mini churches. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. They have names for each of these. And who's leading each of those mini churches? A reformed brewer. And Paris is the associate pastor overseeing it all. It's awesome. One of those churches, one of those seven, I have to tell you the story because I'm going to ask you as a church family to pray. And I've talked with John about this because in the village called Sanet, there was a woman who had so much pain and hurt in her life that she literally went crazy. You see, her husband would beat her constantly. She began to turn to alcohol to try and ease her pain. He beat her more because she was a drunkard. She had five children. And then the husband died. And instead of stepping up, she sunk herself deeper into alcohol and to support herself, <clears throat> not her children, to support herself, she began brewing as well. But at night, in this drunkenness, she would wander through the community screaming. She was known as the screamer, just yelling and wailing in pain because of the resentment and the bitterness that she had in her heart and in her life. She tells us today that she forgot she had children. The children would beg for food in the community. 
Paris, who lives three and a half miles, the church is three and a half miles from Sinet. Paris went to Sinet, heard about this woman, talked with her, talked with her, talked with her. That woman's name is Emmy, and she came to the training, and she found Christ. Everything is turned around. Emmy now began a Sunday school class. She used to walk three and a half miles every Sunday with those children up to the main church where Paris' church is. But you know, that's tough for kids. Three and a half miles every Sunday, going, coming back. And she said, Pastor, maybe you can start a church in my village. And Pastor said, Emmy, maybe you can start the church. And she did. Let's watch this video. And you'll see the Metke Church, which is the big one. Then you'll see Emmy and her little church, which is still on the side of a road. And then you'll see one of our recovered alcoholics, Stanley, who also came to Christ, immediately led five people to Jesus, 30 reformed brewers to our training center. Yeah. Enriched so that we can celebrate. When I went to Kenya just in September, over 150 people gathered. Is there kids from the children's home? Those are U.S. board members that came with me. They got some moves. This is Paris. And remember, Paris was among the first group five years ago that was trained and transformed. And then Paris on the left read, led Ruth to Christ about a year and a half later. Paris is now this, on the left is the associate pastor. These are some of the, ref the 30 women who helped plant this church. And I just took this video uh, just a few weeks ago in, in September. I just walked in the back with my camera. Even the building has been built in the last three years. Here's the youth group. Now here's Paris leading a worship song. Can you imagine? I wish you could be in the service surrounded by this singing which says, I give thanks to God. I thank God for the change that's come. Those are the 30 reformed brewers right there. They had to dismiss the children in the middle of the service because there was no more seats. They sent the children outside for children's church. And when they left, the seats filled up again with adults. This is now Sinet. This is Paris 
visiting the church. This is Dennis, one of our staff. And then these are some, this is the, the church that's being planted. They bring corn as their offering. Emmy, Emmy now, there's Emmy on the left. See in the blue? This is her, her church. Those are the kids that used to walk up that hill. And then here's Stanley. He was, the, he was the drunkard in his village. Listen to this. So you say that there's, you led by Jesus. Where are they coming? We also want to be saved like you. Praise God. Isn't God good? Yes, he is. And, and I, I don't know who among you helped, but last time, I was here the year before too, and I mentioned about these brewers, and some of you said, we want to be a part, and you helped, you contributed, you gave, so that we could train more women to become out of alcohol. And it may be one of your gifts that is helping Emmy to plant this church. So I would just want to say thanks. Thanks a lot for what God has done. Remember, God's transforming love moves in response to your actions so that thanks can be given to God. We see that in the lives that we've seen right here. We see it through people. We see thanks come to, through, to God through people. We also see that your generosity changes places. It changes locations. Isn't that the kingdom of God? You see, there's, there's the, the, the theology of salvation, which is what's important is just getting people saved. But Jesus talked about the kingdom of God coming, didn't he? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, when we are transformed, we move into our villages, we move in through Garden Grove to change this place. And the change comes through us as we act it out. Yes, seeing people come, but we also begin to change the environment. We change how things are. And God opened a door in one of these villages, and this community is being changed. It's called Cherangani. This chief had for 20 years been battling alcohol. He'd been trying to arrest these brewers, put them in prison. He didn't know what else to do. 20 years he fought this. And then three years ago, on a radio interview, because these radio stations now, they, they're interviewing reformed brewers. In fact, let me stop using that word, those words. Because they keep reminding me, Pastor Don, we are, we are not reformed brewers. We are women of change. Women of change. They, their whole group of 1,200, they, they call themselves women of change. Paris says, I am the chairwoman of women of change. And the seven key leaders, they are the leaders of? The, the chief heard one of these women of change giving a testimony, and he told his associate, he said, find those people. If this is true, 
We must connect with them. And so for sure, they found out about ELI. We told the chief, we said, listen, bring, have a village-wide meeting. Don't identify the brewers. Just call everybody. We know how to communicate. If you want to, and let's see what God wants to do. And we don't ever leave Jesus out. I want you to understand that. Some organizations over time, you know, they do things with the name of Jesus and then in the name of Jesus, and then it's like, well, God understands. We're humanitarian. But I want you to know the backbone of the transformation we're seeing is the gospel message. We cannot leave it out, and we never will. So even when we talk with this chief, we explain. We're sharing God's word. He says, bring it on. Just do something. He said three-fourths of his village of 8,000 people are tied in with alcohol, either brewing or drunk. He said, what I've tried is not working. We had the meeting. Around 300 people came to it. And we announced, if you are serious about change and you are a brewer, we're going to have a second meeting and we want you to meet us. Over 200 women came in the village. We sat on the grass and we explained about the four-day training. And we said, this is not free. You bring $4. You pay your own transport and only come, one, if you're a brewer. Secondly, you want to change. Two years ago, November, 162 women came to our training center, and we only have 50 beds. So they divided into two groups of 80. So you still had 30 sleeping on the floor, or two, two to a bed. We've now followed up. Those women have changed. We've now done a village-wide survey to see what poverty looks like and ask them how they see their village changing. The chief has got all of his staff now lined up with the, the values and the principles of empowering lives. And friends, we have gone back now seven times. Dairy training, poultry training, business training, sometimes meeting with the youth, sometimes with the women, sometimes with the men in agriculture and farming. And the chief has said that he has seen more transformation in the last 18 months than the last 18 years. And the devil is not happy. In fact, the elementary school, the chief and, and the, the headmasters in the area have said that after these women stopped brewing, they started paying attention to their children and even helping them go to school. Do you know that there's three elementary schools among the 8,000 people, three elementary schools, they counted. And they said that within one year's time, the, the attendance in the schools went up 500 children added because of this change. You see, it's the kingdom of God moving. Even the governor, and we never talked to the governor before. He's a very high person in the government. We're just empowering lives. <laughs> Wait a second. I know who I am. I am empowering lives. And the governor heard about the change in some of these villages. 
And he heard that we were having a graduation on one of the Fridays, and so he came. He hasn't missed one since. And the governor has partnered with us. And just this last June, the governor said, you are bringing so much impact into my county. He says, I want our counties to change. I want poverty to be crushed. And your, your organization, he wanted to use the word little. But empowering lives is having a greater impact than I've ever seen. How can I partner with you? And we told him, you know what we'd love to do? We'd love to bring um, 1,000 brewers together to one location at one time. He said, what's your budget? We hadn't even thought about it because <laughs> we didn't think it'd be possible. He funded 80% of it, and it happened August 22nd. Over 1,000 of these changed lives were in one place, and it was a party. I mean, there were buses. In fact, if you go to our website on the home page, the first thing is a video all about the 22nd. God is transforming the communities, and now the governor has said, we're ready to partner together. There's another governor who's joined us also. That represent, those two governors, those two counties represent one and a half million people. And God, I believe what God's just getting started. So friends, I just want to say thanks. And I want to show you this one last video. It's just about a minute and a half. But this is the village of Cherangani, the one I just told you about. We've trained them in their village, and then they said, we want to come and see the training center. And so we were able, uh, because of your support and that of others, to bring 110 people to our training center for one day. And you'll see their response of thanksgiving, and then you'll also see uh, another celebration. So go ahead and re run that last one. They've gone through the day of training. They're going to get in their vehicles to go home. But they said, before we go, we have to sing. Kungoi, kungoi, praise, thanks, thanks, praise. <laughs> That's Dennis in the brown, he's one of our trainers. And then when we had a training for some of these women brewers, I noticed that only five of them had Bibles. So we surprised them. We surprised them during the fourth session. They don't know. That's a pastor friend of mine and some of his team. So this lady said, I have never had a Bible in my life. She can't believe it.
Praise God. Bwana Isifiwe. I want to pray. I just want to remind you, thank you for being a part of this journey for all of these years. I hope that you will pick up one of these. There's a story, the full story of Emmy is in it. If you want to help sponsor a brewer, all you need to know is right in here. But let's stand and pray. Let's stand. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in people saying, thanks a lot. Father, I thank you. It's all for your praise. It's all for your glory. It's not because of me or Amy, our family, but it's your love moving through us and through the team of Empowering Lives. And that includes this church family that is making all the difference. And Lord, may you make us, may you enrich us, enrich us, Lord. Enrich us in every way so that we can be generous. Let us never keep for ourselves, but let us move in such a way that it results in thanksgiving to God. And we give you praise. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. You guys can be seated. We're going to finish up with uh, another song. And during this time, we prepare our offering for those who uh, give during this time. And we fill out our connection cards. But here's the thing. I, I don't know how we can sit here as a church listening to the effective ministry that we have already accomplished through Empowering Lives International without, I want to take another step. I want to sponsor that church. I want to sponsor that little church in Sinet. So, <laughs> so that's going to take all of us. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do, because we've been cheering and we've been crying and we've been doing all this stuff, but now it comes time to being stewards, not of how much money we're going to give to God, but how much we're willing to hang on to of God's money. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I haven't figured any of this out yet. Okay. But on your connection card on the back, if you would be willing to, we're going to start with a one-time gift. Okay. If you'd be willing to do that, uh, whatever it is, $10,000, You just write on the back of your connection card, Senet, S-E-N-E-T, right? Yep, S-E-N-E-T, with a number. And so we're going to get that, and I'm going to talk to the board, I'm going to talk to the staff, and I'm going to talk to Don, and we're going to figure out, because I've already talked to Don about this, that there's a possibility we might do it, but I wanted to hear. I'm, I'm a little concerned that she stopped brewing alcohol but started making donuts. That's... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, good, good. Because we need some for the coffee cart. So uh, maybe we could have them imported in. Uh, 
but guys, I think we can do this. I really do. And so, uh, uh, but I don't make decisions for us just off of the whim. So I want to see what, how committed are we? And so when you do that, someone's going to be contacting you and we'll give you a link. We'll set it up on our website uh, uh, to see how you can follow through with that. There'll be a, there'll be a, um, a probably a Senet way to give on the website and then we'll start this process. But um, but God is so good, and he's been so good to us. And I know that some of us are struggling financially and all that, but you know, even, even when Don was saying, you know, I, I can give a dollar or whatever, the money's not important. What's important is the fact that we shift our eyes off of ourselves and we put them onto a people that need us. Let me pray for us and use this uh, time to connect with God. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, We thank you for uh, all that you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that happens in these other places, that happens in our own church, that happens in our neighborhood. And Lord, as a church that has been focused in our community uh, for the last 13 years, Lord God, I look forward to a time where we begin to set our eyes outward at its living spring, Garden Grove and the surrounding communities in Africa. So, Lord, speak to us. Speak to us and give us the boldness to obey. In your name, amen.